Welcome to Honest Money, your best guide to financial freedom. I'm Warren Ingram, the author of a few best-selling books, and I'm also an award-winning financial planner, and I've helped thousands of people on their journey to financial freedom. I'm not here to tell you what to do, but I am here to share my experience and the best ideas that I've learned, and I hope these ideas help you on your journey to financial freedom. Uh, Warren, uh, we've seen in this pandemic and in the last recession that correlation across traditional asset classes increases in times of stress, and thus it undermines whatever diversification benefit us investors thought we had. So how does one who's, let's say, unfamiliar or unable to access structured notes and exotic options construct a portfolio so that it is more robust during difficult times? Thanks very much for that, uh, that, that really great question. I think for a lot of our listeners might not understand all of those phrases that you've used around correlation, etc. So I think maybe just to explain a little bit of background into your question and then to try and give you uh, an answer. So, so when an investment correlates with when one investment correlates with another, that just means that it performs and moves in the same way and in the same pattern. So, for example, if you buy one, uh, let's just say a share unit trust, and you buy a different investment, uh, let's just say a private company, and they both go up in price and down in price at the same time, then you would say that those investments are highly correlated. But for example, if you buy a share um, with one with one portion of money, and then you buy um, a money market uh, unit trust with the other portion of money, what you'll find is that that money market unit trust will do very little in in terms of jumping up and down, whereas the share that that the price of the share will of course continue to rise and fall uh, dependent on what uh, what markets are doing. And then you would say that the money market fund is not very correlated to 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 what share uh, prices are. And I think that that's a, you know that's really the benefit of investing for diversification. In other words, what you try to do is you say, let me put together a portfolio of investments that owns cash, bonds, property, and shares in a way that, uh, that they shouldn't all lose money at the same time. And there will be some portions of the portfolio that will be going up, uh, while other portions might not be going anywhere, and, and another portion might be going down. And the idea of diversification is that uh, over time, a properly diversified portfolio should give you good capital growth, but at the same time, when, when things are really going badly in, in markets, that you don't lose as much as you would if all of your money was invested in shares. And in most uh, instances around the world um, and over time, correlation works very well. You know, uh, um, th there's a saying that says the only free lunch in investments is diversification. And that's true almost always. But there are times, especially when, when the world becomes um, immediately fearful, that that correlation doesn't work and that diversification doesn't work. So mo most recently, we saw that in March uh, 2020, when the world went into a global lockdown uh, with the COVID pandemic. And at that point in time, a whole lot of investments, almost all investments, lost money for a very short period of time at the same time. And so that made people ask the question whether diversification still actually works or, or has it now gone out the window. And, and I think it's important to know that, um, you know, the fact that all of those investment types lost money for a short period of time doesn't mean that that diversification doesn't work anymore. What actually happened was there was a very, very quick recovery after that, uh, that, that big drop as, as investors stopped panicking and started to think again. And what we saw was that some of the assets actually started to rise in value and, and then others were still quite depressed. 
And I think that, uh, that that's the real message for someone who wants to build a diversified portfolio. It's important to understand on 99 out of every 100 days, diversification will work, but there will be that one day out of 100 where it doesn't work. However, stay invested, stay in your diversified strategy and watch how how that uh, diversification kicks back into gear again. So, so I think it's very much a short-term issue and we, we shouldn't get distracted from a short-term, almost an aberration in, in, in diversification principles to say now that, that diversification in general doesn't work anymore. That, that's just simply not true. And we can see it uh, in the performance of all the different stock markets around the world. You know, the, the tech sector in America had a fantastic performance you know, 2019, 2020, but, but maybe not so good in 2021 at the start of the year. Uh, whereas now we see things like the, the mining shares and the, you know, the generally what they call the resources shares performing much better. And, and that's because they're, they're, they perform differently. There isn't such a big correlation between tech shares and mining shares. And so now you see diversification benefiting an investor who says, I'm going to have some of my money in shares and I'm going to have some, sorry, in resources shares, and I'm going to have some of my money in tech shares. That's diversification at work. And, and for example, investors who, who also have money in gold and silver and platinum, you know, those are things you can buy on an exchange-traded fund, that they also see the, the, the performance of those investments moving very differently to, to what the stock markets do. And then lastly, the bond market. You know, the bond market generally does perform in a very different way to, to what the stock market performs. So, so to me, uh, if someone says diversification doesn't work, I should, I should stop it and, and rather buy guaranteed products or, or sort of really complicated derivatives or something like that. I, my view is there's no, there's no necess necessity to do that. It just doesn't make a lot of sense uh, over the long term because those things are expensive, difficult, complicated to understand, and, uh, and, and I think don't add as much value as a, as a kind of a really simple, well-diversified portfolio where you own cash, bonds, property and shares in South Africa and, and uh, around the world. I hope that helps. Good morning, uh, Warren. I wanted to check with you, Ne. I'm having actually uh, S&P 500, uh, the Signia of S&P 500 and the uh, Citrix Nasdaq on my tax-free savings account. Uh, I would like to ask you, will I be liable for tax? Maybe let's say I'm intending it to be for, to, to, to make it out for 500,000. So after I've maxed out the whole amount of 500,000 and wanting to withdraw the money after, 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 after my, 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 after mixed or everything, will I be liable for tax because of my, investment be an S&P 500 and NASDAQ, not being invested in the Citrix 400. Thank you. Thank you very much for that question. I think a, lo a lot of people, uh, you know, have the same sort of questions around tax-free savings accounts. Exactly how do they work? What's the sting in the tail? Is there a catch? And I think just to understand, you know, that um, when, when the government calls the tax-free savings account tax-free, that they are actually telling the truth, you know. So if you make an investment into a tax-free savings account, and, and remember that that's 3,000 Rand a month or, or, or 36,000 Rand a year, and with a lifetime amount that you can contribute of 500,000 Rand, everything that you invest in your tax-free savings account is actually tax-free. In other words, you're not going to pay dividends tax or income tax or capital gains tax while the investment is going. 
And one day when you decide to withdraw the money, you're going to pay no tax on, on the withdrawals either. Whether you, whether you withdraw one rand or all 500,000 rand or however much it's worth at that time, it will be completely tax-free for you. So, so it really does mean tax-free when they say tax-free savings account. The only thing you need to know and the only thing you really need to be careful of where you could get into trouble is if you contribute more than 36,000 rand per year to a tax-free savings account, because any over-contributions will be taxed at 40% of whatever you over-contribute. So let's just say you're supposed to contribute 36,000 in a year and you actually contribute uh, you know, 72,000 rand. Then uh, you're going to pay 40% of the extra 36,000 rand in, in a penalty, basically a form of a tax uh, for over-contributing. So provided you, you contribute the maximum and no more, you, you're absolutely free and clear of all kind of taxes. And I think it's an important thing for, for investors to understand. We really like tax-free savings account. For me, I think it's, it's, it's something that every investor should be doing. Uh, and, and it's one of the free lunches that we get from SARS and from government. So, so we should take advantage. And it doesn't really matter if the, if the investment is in the, in the top 40 index or the world index or the S&P 500. All of those, as long as they're classified as tax-free savings, will be tax-free. So, so my suggestion to you is um, make sure you stay consistent with your savings and your tax-free. Keep going and make sure you don't draw the money too early. Let it run for as long as possible. Let the growth go, go as much as possible in your favor so that you get all the tax-free growth you possibly can get. And, and please don't use it as a short-term savings vehicle. That's not what it's designed for. Th thanks very much for your question. We're looking forward to the, the, the next shows with these. Thank you for listening to Honest Money. If you have any questions, you're welcome to reach out to me on Twitter. My handle is at Warren Ingram. Don't forget to subscribe. We're on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Chat soon.